0: Welcome to the Reunion Bellevue podcast, a place where everyday people apprentice to Jesus. We're glad you pulled up a seat and we hope that today's lead-in encourages you to take your next step. All right, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Have you ever been unaware of what to do or how to do it when everyone else seems to? As a kid, this happened to me all the time when it came to hockey. My dad was a truck driver for Weston's Bakery, he worked straight nights and slept all day. So as much as I wanted to play hockey, I couldn't. What I could play was baseball. We had a diamond within walking distance and my brother and I would play all year long. Yes, all winter even you'd find us outside throwing a ball as we'd learned to dive into the forgiving snow. In the result, we were some of the best baseball players in our area. The problem, we were also some of the worst hockey players I think in the country. The good news is that everyday Canadians don't really need to know how to skate forwards or backwards, cross over left or right without catching an edge or tripping over the blue line. Bad news? In rural Ontario, most winter evenings and all weekend the frozen lake, pond or backyard rink was the place to be. When our friends weren't playing organized hockey in town, they were playing shinny outside. Birthday parties were hockey games after school hangouts were hockey games everything all winter seemed to be a hockey game and early on it was okay we'd go knowing we'd get picked last we'd stumble around sure we got better but we'd never catch up to the hockey players and they'd let us know they'd grumble to each other and even yell at us for making mistakes until it got to the point they stopped asking us to play and to be honest we stopped wanting to go they were rude Straight up dismissive of my brother and I, and if not, then very abrupt yelling direction as if we ought to know. Why in the world didn't we know? (laughs) They were passionate about hockey, but it came across as just rude. There's maybe nothing more rewarding and cruel than sports. Most of the time, you're expected to do things you've never done in a way most people have never been taught at a speed or knowledge most people don't have. In athletics, it's very clear, very fast, who's in and who's out, who's valued and who's not, who's loved and who's not. Picked last. Have you ever felt like that? Been there, experienced this? Maybe it's not sports, but most of us have, and I'm not trying to be crude, but it sucks. When it comes to sports, education, dance, art, politics, the list goes on. Most people are passionate about something, and if you can't keep up, understand, or heaven forbid, disagree you can be dismissed from the group or at least ridiculed by it. It happens in almost every walk of life, including the church. Often there are unspoken expectations that become glaring divisions between the ones who get it and the ones who are supposed to. Why don't you? This is the way it is or the way it ought to be, so catch up. The issues within the church are certainly not around our athletic abilities, unless you're playing heaven forbid church hockey league. But instead around areas of theology doctrine and how these things all play themselves out in our everyday lives as a community to be honest the church can be quite rude the church can be quite dismissive of people who haven't been brought up in the church been taught this thought theology or in their viewpoint the right theology there's little room for a wiggle for a variety of reasons and if it's not coming across as arrogant it certainly comes across as rude because why don't you get it, agree with it, or at least submit to it? And I'm not saying theology, what we think about God isn't important, nor am I saying doctrine, beliefs we have about our faith aren't important. These two areas of our relationship with God are important, but if at any point our statements about God and faith in the defense of them take precedent over people, we're no longer loving, we're rude. And Paul tells us as we continue in this series on love, focusing on 1 Corinthians 13, he says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy or boast. And love is not rude. It does not dismiss or ridicule. Now, and before arrogance creeps in, we say, well, that's a conservative church issue, or that's a liberal church issue. It's an everyone's issue. There's few topics you avoid like the plague over extended family dinners, and faith is one of them because wars are being fought this moment over them. Faith has always been a divisive issue. If you open your Bibles to Matthew 15, right at the beginning of this chapter, we see that Jesus is approached by the religious elite. These Pharisees want to know why Jesus and his apprentices aren't following the standard rules, the rituals, or the way their group says people should. In this case, the issue is hand-washing, AKA we're doing it right. You're doing it wrong. Why? And Jesus has a very direct response. He says this, why do you break the rules? You're supposed to honor your parents, but instead of caring for them, you designate your money for God. Let's just pause. You see, honoring your father and mother in Jesus' day meant a few things, including financially supporting them, but these guys hid their money in the temple, shirking their responsibility. So Jesus responds, if you pick it up in verse 7, "...you hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules." Jesus therefore then calls the crowd to him and he says this, listen and understand what goes into somebody's mouth doesn't defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Wow. Jesus is saying, in essence, at least to me, you can have all the right theology in the world, nail down, perfect doctrine, live it out. Oh, which by the way, no one does, but you can really be good at church theology and doctrine and very, very bad at loving In your defense, if, sorry, your defense of your way, your theology or doctrine comes at the expense of others, you're defiling yourself, you're rude. Today for us, Jesus is just plainly saying, in the defense of your faith, if we make others feel dismissed or ridiculed, we're rude. If we promote our ways as the only way, leaving others out of the circle, we're rude. We don't speak a lot directly about being Anabaptist, but We are. And as such, Anabaptists historically have not spent a lot of time plumbing the depths of theology and doctrine. We're defined as a third way, neither Protestant nor Catholic, because we don't really fit into those groups because we can't agree with certainty with many of the classifications they demand of us. Instead, our question is not, do you have the right theology or agreeable doctrine, but instead, is your primary focus Jesus Are you willing to open your hands, exposing your theology and doctrine, faith and lifestyle and say, let's pursue Jesus? We don't put a lot of emphasis on making statements about, for example, an old earth, a young earth or even a flat earth because we don't really know. We aren't very clear about what happened on the cross because it's a mystery too big for our minds. Were you predestined, elected, responsive and therefore responsible to the grace of God? Sure, (laughs) because at the end of the day, at least us, God only knows Are you liberal, conservative, or other? Cool. I don't care who you vote for, but I do hope you ask yourself in every area of your life, does this reflect Jesus? Does this party, this action, this mindset, this theology, this doctrine reflect Jesus and not those parties, the CRC, the Payok, the Methodist, even the Anabaptist? Our question is, does all that inclusive it, the big it, reflect the character, heart, lifestyles, and teachings of Jesus? Because we can say all the right things, gain all the wisdom in the world, but if at any point our way builds a wall where others are dismissed from a group or treated with abrupt language and exclusionary mentalities, ridiculed, (laughs) we're not love, we're just being rude. And so this week, as I reflected on your responses, and we did yesterday as a parish council, I got a little bit emotional because we are celebrating how eclectic and diverse this group is. We are a mosaic of different people with a vast variety of different theological and doctrinal stances. And yet, we have, and I pray, will always come together with open hands, choosing to listen, welcome, and share communion with others, not because we've got it figured out, but because we're willing to say, we might not. There's a way of faith that is really black and white, but here at Reunion, we believe there's humility in the gray. We're willing to create space for difference. Now, this doesn't mean we won't disagree. In fact, the closer we get to one another, our passions will be exposed and even at times expressed. There will be moments we step on a line and blow right over it. And I know those times have already happened. But when it happens, I pray we'll open our hands, take a deep breath and remind ourselves we're all on a journey towards Jesus. Some of us have some really clear theology and doctrine. We think faith looks like this or that, and but at the end of the day, it better look like love. It better look like space for difference because love allows for difference. Rude dismisses and ridicules people for being different. Jesus' initial invitation to his apprentices then, as it is today, is to follow him. There is no prerequisite, no list of theological or doctrinal statements you have to check. Follow Jesus and maybe you'll figure some stuff out. Follow Jesus, and maybe you won't, but follow Jesus, and we believe you'll fall in love, experience love, and be transformed by love. We're reunion, and we don't have it all figured out. We're just simply everyday people, but here's what we do know. Jesus loves you. Jesus welcomes you. Jesus died for you. Jesus offered himself to live with, in, and through you, and that makes all the difference in the world. Here at Reunion, we don't have a lot of black and white statements, and that doesn't mean you can't. It doesn't mean, at the end of the day, uh, you can't have doctrine and theology. What it does mean, at the end of the day, regardless of where you land, we live in love. We're not rude, dismissive, or prone to ridicule. We have open hands and an open table. Together, we focus on Christ and Him crucified. He was buried and rose three days later. So we eat and drink in remembrance of what Christ did and what Christ is doing. Regardless of your theology, what you know, think you know, and are certain you don't even know, you're invited to participate. Today we choose to follow Jesus. Today we choose love. Here at Reunion, no one is chosen last. No one is excluded because we have an image of God who is Jesus, who says, follow me and together we'll figure it out. No one is excluded. No one is chosen last. So in closing, it's okay you've got theology. In fact, it's wonderful that you have doctrine. But if your defense of either leaves someone on the outside, it's not loving, it's just plain rude. So, what is God saying to you this morning, and how are you going to respond? Thank you for listening to today's lead in. We pray that you were able to learn something about Jesus today, but equally important, we pray that you sense a step you might take in response. What would it look like for you to live with Jesus today in light of our discussion? You can learn more about our community at www.reunionbelville.com and we're always here to walk with you.